This week, I ruined Jason's life and cement our friendship forever with The Hundred. It's ruined my life origins. Ooh. Why is that spooky? I don't Ooh, know. Spooky Ooh, origins. <laughs> You're digging through the crates. In the attic, there's cobwebs everywhere. Is that, was that what we're going for? Creak, creak, bat sounds. And now I'm being chased by a ghost. Hi, I'm Jason Edwards. Hi, I'm Kelsey Goldman. And welcome to our special 100th episode of Ruin My Life. It's not actually the 100th episode. I'm sorry, I misread the copy. Think it's... Uh, welcome to our special The 100 episode <laughs> of Ruin My Life. Kelsey, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. You ready to talk about this show? Um, I think I'm going to need a lot more than our normal, like, hour... But yeah, I'm yeah, this is gonna be like a like a Dan Carlin's hardcore history length. Yeah, episode. five hours. <laughs> five hours minimum. Minimum. And that's only part one. Ooh. So the hundred is a show on the CW. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain the the basic uh, premise? Yeah. Do you want, what was the premise of the show? In the future, in the twenty second century, Earth has been basically decimated by nuclear apocalypse. Um, 97 years previous to the beginning of the show. And the last of the human race, or so we think, lives on a space station. Um, and basically the space station was, is running out of oxygen. Like the life support system on the space station is failing and they have to see if Earth is habitable again. So they send 100 juvenile delinquents down to see if, um, Earth is inhabitable again so right from the get-go we're in morally questionable water oh yeah do you like morally gray things the hundred is for you welcome to the hundred (laughs) these are all kids who have committed a wide range of infractions right Mm -hmm. because on space station which they call the ark um all crimes are punishable by death as to (laughs) control the population basically and if you're over 18 you immediately are sentenced to die you get pushed out of an airlock basically so the, the kids who were sent down as part of the hundred are guilty of crimes ranging from like sabotage to truancy basically and like murder yeah some of them are murderers yeah. <laughs> and rapists i'm sure we don't get into all their like cr- every single one of their crime backgrounds but but yeah basically um resources are low everyone's gonna die unless they do something so they send these those uh, hundred kids down, um, and as a sort of two for one deal of both getting rid of a hundred people who are breathing up all the air, and also and also testing out you know, what's going on down on Earth, and also making most of the first season mostly about teenagers. Yes, yes. <laughs> as this is a show on the CW, which although their shows now are kind of the the, the brand identity of the CW is kind of hard to pin down. Yeah, nowadays anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the main premise yeah, for season one. that's basically it. We should, before we start to talk about the show in, uh, specifics, should we give a little background as to how I came to the show? Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> that, well, that's kind of what we do here. Sometimes. Yeah, well, the, I introduced Jason to the show. Right. Like, I ruined your life. It just isn't, it didn't happen in real time with this podcast. No, it didn't happen just now. It happened, yeah. uh, over a year ago, actually. Yeah. 
it was my first encounter with the show was basically seeing it just pop up on your Tumblr. Yeah. Is it okay to mention that you have a Tumblr? I've talked about my Tumblr many times on this. Can this I give podcast. out the address on the show? Please don't. Okay. <laughs> and I sort of was aware of it as sort of a trashy CW TV show. So I sort of used it to tease you for like a month or so. Yeah. And you started, you got, I got a little pushback on that. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I started watching the show because I thought it was going to be, like, a kind of trashy CW show. Um, And then uh, around the end of season two, it started to get a lot of, like, sort of pseudo-critical acclaim. Um, Just being, like, a really good, about being a really good sci-fi show and, like, you should probably watch, like, encouraging people to watch it if they like, like, Game of Thrones or, like, that sort of, like, high-stakes, morally uh, questionable plot and i kept sending you these articles <laughs> being like jason you should watch it you should watch it stop stop making fun of me you should watch it <laughs> and sort of slowly wore me down yeah pretty much and eventually one night um sarah had gone to sleep <laughs> and i was up uh probably drinking and i said you know what now's the time <laughs> and so i took the plunge on the hundred yeah I think it was in, like I sent you an article of like Variety's best shows of like 2015. I think. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was um, Mo Ryan, possibly, who's yeah. a television writer whose opinion I respect to some degree. Yeah. And I will say that one thing I I still take issue with. I love the show now, obviously, but uh, she mentions that the show is great or not great, but she makes some reference to how it's uh, it's notable from the beginning. For its good qualities, which is <laughs> not entirely true. No. Can we talk about the pilot now? Yeah, I think we should. Because that was my first experience with the show. Well, I mean, if, it it should hopefully be everybody. If anyone watches it based on this, which you should. Yeah. I hope we can convince you to give it a try. Yeah. It will be your first experience too, and you need to strap in. For the pilot, yeah. Because not since NBC's The Cape have I seen such an awkwardly paced pilot. Much like The Cape, it feels like they tried to cram about 90 to 100 minutes worth of information into Less than half that time. Mm-hmm. So people are speaking in this, you know, crazy exposition speak, speak. There's a narration at the beginning, which there never is ever again. I think it's at, it, if we don't watch the show live anymore, but I think for the second or third, or for the third season, it was there, there's like, True. there's yeah. intro. Uh, there was previously on or, or sort of summing up the, the, the premise of the show. What had already happened, yeah. Yeah, but this is part of the actual show itself and it's yeah. very awkward even yeah, this... I just rewatched it <laughs> yeah so you it's fresh in your mind then yeah uh, as and like Eliza Taylor still hasn't quite got the hang of her American accent yet mm, that's always fun and you're like oh this person is not American but they're doing okay <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's hard to describe really like without uh, showing it to someone how weird the pilot is mm-hmm. Because it's, like I said, it's it's awkwardly paced. People just show up out of nowhere and say, oh, you're my brother. You're my sister. So good to see you. Well, I mean, that's part of the plot. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's very awkwardly handled is my point. Yeah. It sort of comes out of nowhere and then it's like, oh, great, cool. Let's move on. Yeah. There's a bunch of really goofy, like, contemporary pop music cues. Yeah. Um, when they first land on Earth, they, they play that stupid Imagine Dragons song. Yeah. Uh, radioactive. And there's a whole lot of speechifying by the by Bellamy, uh, Bellamy Blake, yeah. uh, who was one of the main characters about how now we're down here and we can do whatever we want and mm-hmm. this is our time. And there's a lot of like teen wish fulfillment to it a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, Liza Taylor or um, Clark, rather, the, yeah. the other one of the other central characters is sort of on the edges, like guys. The, the, the protagonist. The protagonist, yeah. Yeah, I to me, she and Bellamy are the protagonist of the show. Yes, I mean, but it's it is an ensemble show. Yeah, so other an, people yeah. are also important, but I, I that's fair to say that Clark is the other protagonist, mm-hmm. and she's sort of on the edge of saying, guys, this isn't actually very good. We should be really worried. <laughs> everyone's kind of like, nah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty good. Come on, we're we're alive. The air's fine. I mean, and and. It, makes sense because they've been locked up for like i mean they've been in jail basically yeah. yes. and, and and so like you get it sort of but it is it is very awkwardly paced and you're kind of like where's this going and what's kind of um it's kind of hard to explain also because some of the things that are so make the pilot so weird and, and funny only occur to you in hindsight yeah because a lot of the character relationships especially with the adults who are still on the space station are completely reversed from how they are even like six episodes later yeah um, and then, like, Kelly, who gets written out because of budget concerns. Oh, yeah, there's a whole character who gets written out after yeah. the pilot, too, which is I not uncommon, but is, is sad, too, because, you know, she's mm-hmm. Kelly, who's great, and yeah. it's sad to lose. And that character seems like she would have been a good presence on in that plot line on the space station. I think she would have, too. Oh, this is a good time to mention we're going to do some spoilers for season one. Yeah. <laughs> and some light spoilers for later on in the, in the show, but we will we will give a spoiler warning when we're about to spoil some heavy stuff from yeah. season three. Yeah. Um, probably the end of season two. Yes. Yeah. Prob- probably. Um, um, but the thing is, I think the yeah the this gr- this show is about to start its fourth season, so you know. <laughs> perfect, perfect time to get on board. I think that the because the pilot is. I mean, I don't know if you agree with this. I think it falls under the realm of so bad it's good. I um I really enjoyed it as like a sort of guilty pleasure show at that yes, point. Like I yes. still would have kept watching it. Had the thing that happens at the end of the pilot not happened, I think. Right. So that's um, the thing. You, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, as like a sort of like, this is a stupid show, but I like it. And then the thing, thing that happens at the end of the pilot happens. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. <laughs> so it, 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 it kind of fall, If you go into the first episode thinking it's going to be a guilty pleasure or even just to make fun of it, it's, I think, a good time. Yeah. Because it moves fast enough to you can sort of absorb all the weird little details of it. Yeah, because it's like. But the thing is, like, at the end, so um, Clark and several other characters, including Jasper, who is another prominent character, they go searching for this, um, what what are the exact details of what they're searching for? They're searching for Mount Weather. They're searching for Mount Weather, which is... Because it was supposed to be, like, a bunker, basically, with, like, food and supplies and and all that stuff. But that was empty. Yes. Um, Yeah, so they go searching for this because they think the, oh, no, there's no humans left here. Let's go raid this, this empty... Silo, basically, for supplies. Mm-hmm. And they get there, and they have a bunch of wacky misadventures in the way. Like, they meet a, they meet a r- river monster, which... Another thing that doesn't really come back ever again. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Olivia takes her clothes off and gets in the river. Octavia? Octavia. <laughs> I, knew th- I knew the name wasn't right. I couldn't figure out what it was, though. Uh, and there's just a lot of weird, like, you know, teen sci-fi moments. Yeah. And they finally get to Mount Weather... And Jasper swings across on a on a rope, yeah. literally like doing like a to the other side of the river, to, over a river, yeah. <laughs> like he's at summer Tarzan thing. And they're playing an, another goofy pop song, which is I think uh, "We Come Running" by a band I've never heard of. And it's another, and he's over there. And he's, he's they're all celebrating. It's yeah, it's a fun CW teen moment. We're gonna survive, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Jasper takes a spear to the chest. <laughs> And that's the end of the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. That, yeah. That's where that's where it ends. <laughs> so it's it's because the 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 goofy fun of the first episode sort of pulls you through. Yeah. And then it it sort of works in its favor because at the end it, that moment is punctured by 
you think one of the main characters is getting probably killed. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, it's not that kind of show after all. Yeah. And then from <laughs> that the, kind of movie, bro. Immediately in <laughs> the second episode, uh, the direction is clearer, the writing is better, mm-hmm. the stakes are higher, higher and, and clearer. Yeah. And it, it is such a much better show from that point on. Immediately. Yeah. It almost feels intentional. I know it probably wasn't because the way pilots are produced, it probably just ended up being not very good. Yeah. And the and the book um. Oh, the that's book right. feels a lot more like the the pilot. The, the series is based on a series of three books, aren't? Isn't yeah, it? which I read the first one of, and how was it? They're not good. It, it wasn't good. Not good. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Cass Morgan, for creating these characters and allowing the show to happen. But I did not enjoy the books, and I'm glad they're going in a different direction. Yes. <laughs> um, Having read the plot summary of the books, I can say that's also yeah a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the pilot is is sort of goofy and, and great, but the end of it, you're just like, oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and the stakes are immediately a lot higher, and and um, and the stakes remain high. <laughs> yes, the stakes. Yes, this is a show <laughs> the with stakes are very high, high stakes. There are moments throughout, um, not so much season three, but in seasons one and two, there are moments of levity. There are episodes where, in season one, there's an episode where they all basically uh, go on a drug trip and oh, yeah. act wacky for an episode. Well, yeah, and like. I mean, stuff happens, but it's... There's it's all... sort of three, the three stories in that episode. One of them is pretty wacky, and then one of them is super intense. And like, like Clark and Bellamy's drug trips are, like, super intense, because yeah. they both have a lot of, like, demons about their parents and, and Some people they've killed. And... A little bit of baggage. <laughs> I would just advise anyone, if you do give the show a try, be prepared for what episode one is, but give... Give it another episode to really see what the show actually looks like. Give it like, give it a few, <laughs> and then if you if you want to stop after, um, you know where <laughs> the worst arrow stopped. <laughs> Do you want to? Well, that's a pretty big spoiler, but yeah, it's, I think it's. If you You'll know. <laughs> there's a there's a thing that happens like in the third episode, right? I think it's the third episode. That yeah. is, um, I would think we can all agree it was a poor choice. It was a poor choice. It is shocking. Mm-hmm. It is a crazy twist it, it really catches you off guard but yeah. it has ramifications for the show uh going forward that i mean it's a death we can it's, say it's a yeah death. someone dies someone dies yeah. and it was um the way it propels the story in season one ahead is interesting and and, and good in a lot of ways but the show as a whole is i think there, harmed there's by so that many things absence. that could be so much better if that character hadn't died yeah. and i'm never over it no one's <laughs> over it oh it's, it's still it's, it's still hard <laughs> Um, uh, and, and Sarah, to her credit, tried to watch the show yeah. when I was going nuts about it yeah. and got that far and had to give up, which is totally reasonable. Yeah. And if you do it, no shame. I would just I'd probably be upset that they and Raven didn't get to meet. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, you know, as, as, you know, sort of contrived as the as the premise is, it, it really does work, I think, um, as, as a sci-fi show and as a, as a good sci-fi show. And, um. It's not without its problems, but... No. One thing that... Um, actually, now that you mentioned it, the premise is pretty contrived, mm-hmm. but does establish from the get-go what the theme of the show is. Or I don't know if theme is the right word, but the recurring question of the show that the characters are asked is basically, what will you do to, to, to survive, to save the human race as a whole? Yeah. It's what, like, what, who, who or what will you sacrifice... For the greater good, yeah, basically. And in that sense, that 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 is baked right into the show's premise, where people yeah. are making a pretty big sacrifice, not of their own accord, 
yeah. They're sort of being they're sort of forced into it. Yeah, there's a lot of heavy decisions, and um, I guess so. That that's the premise, and I think I think the the show kind of develops. The first season is a lot about the 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 hundred, which is what they the, they call the group of teens. Although it is quickly reduced. Quickly reduced. Quickly and pretty drastically reduced. And over it's the actually season one, two. Or 101, oh. and then less than that, and then another one's added. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there's a stowaway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bellamy's not even supposed to be there. So it's only it's only the 100 for like one episode in season one. It's then, never the 100. Oh, because someone else dies before Raven gets there, right? Well, no, two people die in the crash. <laughs> That's right. So when they land... <laughs> right off the bat, Dead. When they land, there's 99 of them. And when they got on the plane, on the plane, the the ship, there were 101 of them because Bellamy was on the ship. Right. And then they just start dropping like flies from yeah. that point on, really. Yeah. Yeah. The opening episode, just to just to warn you that the stakes are high, the opening episode of uh, season two is titled The 48. So <laughs> I think there were more than 48 of them, but there's not that much more than 48 of them. <laughs> that about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of the way that the survivors of the plane crash on Lost were picked off one by one <laughs> until, like, kind of by the end, you get the feeling it's only the main characters left. Yeah. And that's actually a uh, good job, Jason. That's a great segue into what I want to talk about next, <laughs> which is why season one of The 100 uh, worked so well for me is kind of, it gave me those old school Lost vibes. Yeah. Now, Kelsey, I know you've only seen the first three seasons of Lost because you... Uh, oh, f- humorously enough, you quit after a very likable character died. That's true. <laughs> uh, but you gave you gave it a shot, and that's fine. And I know there's a lot of problems with Lost, and yeah. I am uh, I have come around to the point where I, where I can admit that. Yeah. There's a time where the subject of Lost was very contentious for me. <laughs> uh, I love that show, but it, it does have problems. But I think the hundred season one anyway, and then in, into season two, a little less later on, but really has that sort of, sort of same feeling of. These people uh, literally crash land in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a harsh environment and have to work together to survive. And they've also um, they've landed in a world that has more mysteries than they expected. Obviously, the mystery of Lost is bigger than the mysteries of The Hundred. I think that's one of its faults. Yeah, and, and mystery <laughs> was um, one of the driving factors of Lost. And for many people, it was the attraction of the show was the mystery. Yeah. Whereas the hundred, the mystery is not as big of a deal. It's more focused on surviving and it navigating the this plot world. Forward, yeah. But it, it's not the overarching like we're not going to solve a big mystery at the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. But to, but to be fair, still these people they they land on Earth and they think it's completely uninhabited, and you find out in, season, in the first episode, it is not so much. Not so that much. is a mystery. That is and yeah it, no and it, and it's and, a big and it's a big part of season one that well, I mean. The other people there and trying and the fact that they are uh, hostile um, <laughs> is a big part of season one. And then the other people that are there, because mm. there's more than one group of people, um, is the main driving factor for season two. Yeah, and, and the conflict between our our group that we're following and yeah. the others, shall we say, mm-hmm. is, is <laughs> in a lot of ways, again, it's less shrouded in mystery, but it's, it's reminiscent. It's reminiscent of the conflict between the survivors of the crash and, the, and Lost and the others. It also has Henry and Cusick. Yeah, that's another thing that can <laughs> up those Lost vibes is Desmond is walking around. Yeah, all beardy and shit. That does not hurt that at all. And he also, yeah. he's great. So it's he's, good to he's see a, him again. He's, 
his character is like so interesting because he goes from a guy you really don't like in the beginning yeah <laughs> to i think you know a very likable guy and his, he's, he's dad Kane. <laughs> and his, if, if I can offer up um, one bit of criticism for the show, I really do love mm-hmm. his 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 transformation feels a lot more organic than say Bellamy's in season three, or or in season one. In season one, going from a, a not very nice person to yeah, because Bellamy is to in, a person in, who's side in the first episode. He's basically the bad guy on the ground. Yeah. Like he's the he's essentially you know things go. Lord of the Flies so fast mm-hmm. in that first episode, and Bellamy is the guy leading the charge of anarchy and chaos, mm-hmm. and he's 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 not likable. No. And then I think they realized that he was you know he needed to be a protagonist. Yeah. And so they spent because their, their other male lead was so uninteresting. <laughs> oh, Finn! I for, I forgot until this moment that he existed. <laughs> this whole podcast, I'd forgotten Finn was even a character. Yeah. Don't get to invest in Finn, anyone. That's not gonna be a problem. No he won't, one, no one would ever get invested in him. He's a white nice guy in quotation marks. He he is very much a nice guy. Which like Bellamy in the books is basically Finn. Yeah. I mean, he's a little more complicated, but. But in in the show, and they and they realized that Bellamy needed to be basically needed to step up and be that next guy. Yeah. And they spend the first half of season one basically pushing him in that direction. In that redemption direction, and I think he they do a much better job of like. Making him the good guy in season two, because um, he's like as much as he doesn't get credit for it, like he's the hero of season two. Like he's a hero. He's he and Clark. They're they're both working to accomplish their goals. Yeah, separately. Yeah, but well, I, together, but apart. Together, but in different places. <laughs> what's kind of fun is the season two also sort of uh, like pushes that quote unquote nice guy aspect of Finn to the forefront and exposes yeah. why that's. A problem, yeah, and why that doesn't really hold up, yeah. Um, I mean, I there's, there's there's probably a good blog post in there somewhere. Good what? There's a good blog post in there somewhere. Yeah, Finn and the nice guy archetype. Yeah, probably. Mm. I mean, because he like, I mean, because they automatically sort of subvert that in, because that's what you think he is, and then Raven happens, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, but that sort of is still in that mode of, of you know of, teenage uh, romantic drama. And, yeah. Oh boy, a love triangle. Mm, Once my, they like my favorite plot device in any fiction. Which is another reason I hated Finn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, these two girls are so awesome and amazing on their own. Like, why do they need this boring dude? <laughs> yeah, because Raven, who is a character who's on the space station when the yeah. show begins, uh, yeah. sets a precedent for many other characters and comes down to Earth. Yeah. And she and, and Finn and Clark are in this love triangle. But the mm-hmm. thing is, as soon as... um, You can elaborate on this if you like because you rewatched the show more recently than i have the first season as soon as as soon as um uh clark and and raven are together yeah finn is so irrelevant to yeah. the whole equation yeah because raven's basically a genius and clark is this very strong leader and like there's a there's a, a pretty like a prevalent um designation in fandom that um clark is um, the brains and Bellamy is the heart and Raven is um, the hands. Like, she builds the things. And they're, like, this sort of great triumvirate of 
of leadership amongst the hundred. Right. Um, and also my OT three. <laughs> um, gotta have an OT three. <laughs> what? Gotta have an OT three. Gotta have an OT three. Um, if you're me, because I have <laughs> one for like every show, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's accurate. Um, I kind of do too now, actually. Yeah. You've got you've got me in that habit too. Yeah. So so basically like and and Raven doesn't even this is a minor spoiler but it's about Finn so who gives a shit? Raven <laughs> doesn't even really care like she she basically knows what went on between them as soon as she lands. I and, mean she does care. I've just rewatched the the oh, okay. the season and she does care and she definitely feels hurt and she and the thing is like Clark as soon as she finds out that Raven is Finn's girlfriend, um, is kind of just like. Well, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want part of that drama. It's almost as if Finn is um, an emissary of the CW's uh, network executives who want the show to be more of a, of like a teen soap opera. Mm-hmm. And he's pushing for this big dramatic uh, confrontation I mean, that no one really no one really cares to have because I mean, there's and, bigger and things his, going on. His, like, his being in love with Clark and being basically Raven's family, like they grew up together and... and Leads to a lot of the the stuff that happens, I think, in season two, and and makes it even more heart wrenching than it would have been had he not existed. Um, but he's just like these two women are just so much more interesting without him. Yes. Um, but he does like he's the one who pushes for like the peace talks in this in season one and kind of pits uh is it not a foil for Bellamy, but like questions Clark's decisions to trust Bellamy and um I think it that part of it makes her choosing to try like her leadership decisions much stronger because this person that sh- you are supposed to believe is like a peacekeeper and like um but you're obviously on Clark's side and she's choosing to trust Bellamy over trusting Finn um make it, it helps in Bellamy's story arc as well as in and I think clerks, but yeah, I just want anyone who say gives decides to give this show a chance, yeah, to be aware that there are some um, soap opera elements, yeah, in especially it, in, in season, season one. one, yeah, they, there are no, and season not, three, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. So I just want people to be aware that there are those aren't the things about the show that are good, and I think they're yeah. m- minimal enough. Remember Octavia's boyfriend? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> the guy looks like Brandon Be- Flowers before, from the Killers. Yeah, before him. Her main love interest. And, like, some of the best, like, I think the, honestly, some of the best drama has been with Monty and Jasper's, like, friendship. Um, At least, like, last season. And even in season one, there's, like, some good, like, friendship drama. And I'm like, okay, I'm for this. (laughs) I was so invested in Monty and Jasper's friendship from the get-go. Yeah. then... Like Monty disappears for basically half of season one. Like he I pops back in. About that. He pops back in like every three episodes. He'd be like, "Hey Jasper, we're still friends, right?" Yeah. Jasper's like, "Man, you're crazy." And then he like disappears, disappears. Yeah. At the end of season one. Yeah, but like, there's a plot reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> although, although you don't. But really, Monty must be protected. He's my favorite. You don't really recognize it's a plot reason for us because you're so used to him disappearing just through negligence that yeah. he disappears for real and you don't yeah. kind of don't pick up on it right away. Yeah. I think they d- they don't give. Monty enough credit in season one. No. But he's he's a very good character. But you know when they do is in season two. Yeah, and season three too. Like he 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 and Octavia and Jasper and Raven, I think, all have pretty good arcs in season three. And I have a lot of problems with season three, but most of them revolve around Bellamy and Clark, who I believe are the protagonists of the show and their mm-hmm. mischaracterization. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> but do you want to move on to season two? I think we should because it's the best season of the show of most shows. I'm going to go on record right now and say that I think season two of the hundred is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Agreed. Okay, so we're in agreement. We're in agreement. There. No need to discuss it further. Yeah, I mean, season two was like what got it all this press, and 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 I think what convinced, what helped me convince you to watch it in the first place, <laughs> because it was, and it was like the year that Game of Thrones is getting a lot of flack for a lot of things, and like, still, I don't like Game of Thrones, but <laughs> let me follow up this that statement with another statement. Yeah. Which is that the hundred makes Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead irrelevant. Yes. <laughs> All the pleasures you get from both those shows are in The 100. Season 2. But they run through it, they go through stuff so much faster. Yeah. So you don't spend half a season walking somewhere. <clears throat> Game of Thrones. I mean, you don't spend half a season walking somewhere unless you're Thelonious Jaha. <laughs> yeah, but that's a special case. <laughs> and you get Murphy on that arc too, which is pretty good. <laughs> right, but like almost the entire show of Game of Thrones is just people walking from one place to another. <laughs> and this is that's one subplot in season two of yeah. Jaha and Murphy walking somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then it, unlike The Walking Dead, every plot twist isn't just someone dies and it's horrible and gory and nihilistic. Yeah. I mean, there's there's that too. There's yeah. A lot of gore, but there's there is death, but it's not as I don't know if it was nihilistic. As, as, no, The Walking Dead's a bad show. Let's <laughs> um, some fights. <laughs> well, I don't okay. watch I, The Walking I don't, Dead, I don't, so. I don't want this to be one of those podcasts people scream at it about how angry they are. So <laughs> let me just say I do not enjoy um, The Walking Dead. Yeah. I quit watching it a while ago. I like Game of Thrones, yeah. but I think it has a lot of flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hunter's not a perfect show. But it, it does give me the same thrills from those two shows in one package that I feel a lot better about as a whole. Yeah, it's only 13 episodes. Yeah, well, so the, you, or 16 for the second season. Yeah. But. And season two is so well plotted. Yeah. The way it, all so the different, good. they take all the elements they set up in season one and they put all those different players and groups and mm-hmm. all, all the, and everything they've set up and, and built into conflict with each mm-hmm. other in a way that's very believable and builds so naturally. And and so and so upsettingly, yeah. There's a line at the uh, and I'll be vague because I don't want to get too spoilery yet. Yeah. But there's a line someone says at the end of season two. There's basically um, none of us had any any other choice. Mm-hmm. And when they say that, the the weight of it hits you, which is that oh, it's this could not have played out any other way than the way it has, and it's. I think that at the end of season painful. two, Clark says to her mom. What if we're not the good guys? And Abby's kind of like, maybe there aren't any good guys. And I think that's. First of all, whoa. I think that's like a major, <laughs> major part of the show is that like people are just trying to survive. And like, because even, because the, okay, so one thing I really like about season two is that <laughs> the main bad dude is, a, is like a stereotypical white old white man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, like, the main bad dude's really, like, a sort of younger white man, like a middle-aged white man. <laughs> um, they're both pretty bad, though. They're both pretty bad. But, like, Dante, you kind of start to sympathize with him a little bit towards the, the end. He's the older one, right? He's, he's the dad, yeah. Yeah. Um, you never sympathize with Cage. No. You're like, he's, no. he is the epitome of terrible. Um, I mean, because they're, the goal of the, um, to be, again, speaking sort of generalities, mm-hmm. the the goal of those villains, in, in, or the main bad guys, not really villains, but yeah. 
um, the main antagonists to Clark and mm-hmm. and her team yeah. are they're sort of um, their goal goal is sort of racial purity, but it's also just trying to not die. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, and and not dying is is the main goal of, of everyone in the show yeah. for and the most it, part. Yeah, and again the the idea is how far will you go to not die? Who 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 will you sacrifice to not die? And season one, that seems to be, oh, you'll go pretty far. Yeah. Season two is, oh. Oh, you'll go. Oh, you'll go. You'll go pretty oh, far. Oh, the places you'll go. <laughs> um, and just not how far will, like, the people from the Ark in space go, but how far will the people who are the antagonists to them go? Um, and who who will you hurt in, in those decisions, which yeah. is kind of what happens in season three. Yeah, and the weight of those decisions is yeah. always, it's... It's felt. The, yeah. the consequences actually play through and, and make sense and happen. Mm-hmm. Which I think is part of the reason that the beginning of season three is so hard to watch. Yeah, because there's some, I mean, there has to be some fallout from what happens in season two. And, yeah. and it's, 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 it's hard. Some, bad, I mean, it, some like, bad things happen to some people you really like. Yeah, But like, that's part of the reason it's so hard to watch. But the main reason it's so hard to watch is because it was just like bungled a little bit writing wise. But. I'm hoping they can. I mean, they recovered. I think at the end, of the the back half of season three, and um, I'm hoping season four is going to be pretty good. I don't have total hope that season four can be as good as season two. No, season two is just like it's a really good season of television. Season two is I sometimes just stop in the middle of my day and think about season two and just and how, how perfectly plotted how well and paced it, it is. And, yeah, yeah, and everything about and it and the relationships that play out and like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> Oh man! It's just so good. <laughs> it's so good. The, yeah. the, the, there's very few shows where I actually have like just like I just sometimes stop and think about how good they are. Yeah. One of them is Breaking Bad, and yeah, uh, this isn't another one. Future episode. <laughs> we'll see if I can get you there. No, you're, I will. I'm you're, gonna. You're watch highly it. resistant to that one. It's just a big commitment. <laughs> it, it it is. It's. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like sixty episodes. Sixty hour long episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll happen. It just might take me a while. That's my gold standard for plotting mm-hmm. in, in long-form fiction is Breaking Bad. But here's my thing. Breaking Bad is about two straight white guys. Here we go. <laughs> are, we, are we pivoting into the diversity discussion? I think so. The 100 is about... The, the main... The two protagonists of The 100 are a bisexual woman and a biracial man like i feel good about that (laughs) (laughs) spoilers i guess (laughs) i feel like clark's sexuality is pretty like out there in the in the press and talked about in like reviews of the show and stuff but um, i think this is fair to say we're gonna get into some slightly more spoilery stuff from season two characteristic like character development spoilers as opposed to plot spoilers it's revealed in in season two that clark is bisexual which like but not in a like it's not like she just makes out with a girl, like, <laughs> yeah. and she's already, like, slept with dudes in season one, and a dude in season one, like. It's, re- it's revealed only in the barest of terms, like, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, and it just is sort of accepted, um, and, I mean, and it's also, like, the the show creator was, like, yeah, she is, like, kind of established it as canon, and, and it was, I think, it was really important to me because I was, like, I had pretty much accepted internally that I was bisexual, but I hadn't come out to anyone really when I had been watching this. And it just, it was, 
it made it just a part of her character and not like the main facet of who she was in this show and that was really important to me and being able to like sort of identify with that and just be like oh she's attracted to dudes and girls like it's fine that's normal um was really important to me and I think important to a lot of people I know that watch the show um and like Clark's queerness has become like this weird thing in fandom but all in all I feel like it's really important and who she ends up with doesn't matter she's always going to be bisexual and and that is um representation is really important and and I'm so for it and it's it's also a show that has like that takes what we were talking about last episode about how this is a your a world that you're building and it's in the future and it's fictional and you can make it free from those discriminatory like discriminations and stuff um and it does that it it makes you know it makes being gay or being um black or or asian or or bisexual or whatever not necessarily part of not it's still part of people's identities but it's not like a hindrance to whatever their state is in life you know it's not their whole character it's not their whole character and and that made like um in season three spoilers i guess <laughs> um uh miller who's not a huge character in season one but kind of becomes a larger character in season two and i think he's being promoted to series regular in season four um, I think so, yeah. Is established as, as at least, I assume, uh, bisexual, if probably gay. Um, but I'm kind of in the hundred. I'm Everyone's bisexual until stated otherwise. That, that's true of all fiction. <laughs> to me, yes. That's, that's the default. <laughs> if, 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 if there's nothing to prove either way, then... Yeah, he's he's established as, as having a boyfriend. Yes. Um, and And that was... Something that was kind of, like, widely, um, and he's not, like, Miller's, like, Bellamy's right-hand man, and he's very, like, um, part of, like, the military aspect of, of the, the delinquent group, um, and he's not, like, your stereotypical gay character, I guess, and it had been sort of, like, tossed around in fandom that Miller was possibly queer, and then it was sort of canonized by the writers, which is awesome um and they gave him a boyfriend who is now like a character (laughs) who is white bellamy basically (laughs) they look very similar (laughs) but um yeah the relationships between both um can we say who clark is intimate with i think it's yeah i think we can yeah Yeah, um so Uh, spoilers if you haven't watched this far spoilers season like Four or five episodes into season two? No, yeah. like like halfway into season two. We're going to do progressive spoilers, so yeah. we're going to spoil the show as it goes along. Yeah. So right now we're still in like like soft spoilers for season two. Yeah, it's after, it's the back half of season two. Yeah. Um, so And the relationship that plays out between Clark and Lexa, mm-hmm. um, both of whom are women, is um, doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they're both women. Right. It plays out in... Well, I'm not going to say exactly how it plays out because it's... It's much more of a power exchange. Yes, because they're both leaders. <laughs> yeah. And it just... It, it, it plays out as if they... You know, th- their gender is not an, an issue. Mm-hmm. And same thing with uh, Miller and his boyfriend. Yeah. Um, Brian. 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 Wow. Yeah, it's Brian. I, I did not know his name until now. 
<laughs> uh, Miller and Brian's relationship also has um, some a few turns to it in season three. Mm-hmm. That I, again, their their gender has nothing nothing to do with it. It just yeah. plays out as if they are a couple, which they are. Yeah, and that's really great. Yeah, and I I'm tr- I'm I was sitting over here struggling to think of any other bisexual characters I can think of on television, aside from Daryl. Yeah, on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. But he's like. His his sexuality is an arc, but it's it's just handled really really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the hunter is notable in, in that sexuality is not an issue in the slightest. Right. It just is, which is great. I I I really enjoy that in this particular like fictional science fiction world and and world that world building is taking into account that we can while things are really tough in this fictional world, some things can be better. Yeah. It is. It, yeah. I'll just say it is. It is somewhat op- optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I would. I would hope in like the twenty second century, yeah. we will have maybe progressed in some ways about, you know, not giving a shit who people sleep with. Yeah. Um. Or me what, too. And yeah. like it. It should be said that you know, like Clark and Lexa are both like leaders. Like Lexa is the leader of like a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very widely uh, known that she um, prefers women. Like I think she and everyone's cool she with that. People have issues with her lesbian, other other than her choice of mate. Yeah. But no one is like there's no there's no holdout amongst the uh the grounders about yeah. that are that are anti homosexual. Yeah, they, they don't like Clark because she's from the arc, not because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um which I think is really is really nice. And and I do think it also like racially has a lot more diversity than some shows. Again, I'm yeah. not I'm not a person who can speak to that necessarily and like about the treatment of, of minorities as well because I know there are some people who think like Raven especially is um overly tortured. <laughs> Raven does get it pretty hard. Yeah. But she's not the only one who gets I think they all have it pretty yeah. hard. Like and, and Raven's Raven hardest, is so I think... important because she's a Latina disabled character now. Like like representation wise she's she's so important like yeah. and and i and she's amazing like she's she's like a like i don't know anyone in fandom who dislikes raven like she's she's so good and everyone just wants the best for her i think that's part of the problem that part of what makes it seem like she's overly tortured is that a is everyone just loves she's her. so beloved and yeah. b a lot of her torture is more physical than other people's mm-hmm. like she gets physically injured in Specific ways that yeah. don't that don't always happen to everyone else in the show, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a little harder to take for that reason. Yeah, but uh, part of the reason why you know it's okay is because you know she can take it because she's Raven, and she's amazing, and she's the strongest character in the show. It's true. Basically, basically, canon that Raven is stronger mentally and physically than pretty much anyone else on Earth. It is basically canon at this yeah. point. Yeah, and she's she's a disabled Latina character. Just want to reiterate that. Um, she's also a genius. Like, <laughs> Raven is amazing, and I just, I want, I want so much for her. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just, it's a really important show in terms of that, because it doesn't, like, it's diverse without being, like, preachy. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know if Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm not necessarily averse to preachiness when it's a thing I implore, yeah, but... Yeah, me neither. I just, I think it's so important in in fiction to like if we're world building to create a world that is better is is more inclusive is 
looks like what our world actually looks like. So much of media and and fiction just like defaults to white and Protestant and what insists and whatever. So it's that is, that is actually a much better way of phrasing what I was trying to say earlier when I said it was because um, it's not optimistic to have a world that includes you know queer and it's real diverse people and that's what <laughs> real life is yeah. so it's 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 more it's real yeah um yeah I can't think of any any other better better way to put it and yeah. that, that it's the fact that it's not preachy is and I'm, I sort of keep saying this because I'm trying to yeah. put it more eloquently but mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's just important that that in genre, uh, in genre fiction, we include di- a di- just a diverse range of characters yeah. because that's why wouldn't you? And I think like there's no reason not to. I think the show's gotten so much better at that too. Like, I think Jasper in season three, spoilers, is like a really important depiction of PTSD. Like that we don't. I think in so many science fiction stuff, like, so many people die and so much bad shit happens and everyone just seems to recover from it. And 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 Jasper spends all of season three not recovering from, <laughs> from the tragedy of the end of season two. Um, and he's, like, it's so hard to take at times, but, like, it's it's very real. And, um, God, I'm so glad they didn't end season three the way they were going to. Yeah. I mean, Jasper goes to some dark places in mm-hmm. season three. He's drinking. Yeah. He's acting out. He gets beat up by Sean Mendez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A low point for anyone. <laughs> oh, that was annoying. When Sean Mendez appeared in the season one premiere and played piano, and then <laughs> Jasper tried to fight him, and Sean Mendez beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think um, it was in Sean Mendez's contract that he had to win a fight? Before he would be on the hundred. No, I think it was just to show, to actually make it plot relevant that Jasper was at a very low point. <laughs> I feel like they could have done that without having Sean Mendez beat up one of the main characters. I think they had. I think they had. They were told by someone that they had to have Sean Mendez on the show. So. <laughs> That's such an odd piece of cross promotion too, because Sean Mendez is not even an actor. He's not. I think maybe he liked the show and was like, I want to be on it. And they were like, okay. Look, we're already in it. Let's talk about season three. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for this? <laughs> I mean, spoiler-wise, is that what we're talking about now? I, just season three as a whole. Like, what happened? Okay, so do we want to put up a spoiler wall now? Yeah. I okay, mean, we've so. already we've already spoiled some things, but not anything hardcore. Okay, so we, we're going to talk about season three, and there's no way to talk about it without getting all spoilery. So, Alice, this is where uh, you stop Alice? listening. <laughs> so, by now, you probably have not gotten to season three so <laughs> pause it right here and come back later when we'll, you're done yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> i can't okay. wait to have alice on the show <laughs> you're right, right? <laughs> okay alice is gone now we can talk about season three. <laughs> um so you have some issues with season three i mean i think a large part of fandom has issues with season three <laughs> you're not alone i do too but i think yours are more pronounced than mine um so i have i season three just like season two is so good and and going forward from that is is hard and i get that but they needed it's very clear that they we're going full spoilers now so okay. <laughs> um strap in strap in um so at the end of season 2 uh lexa and the grounders who are the people who live on earth abandoned clark and they had made an alliance and and Clark and Lexa sort of had a flirtation, 
and then she abandons them um, to save her own people, which, like, some would argue maybe Clark would have done as well if she had been given the opportunity, but... Yeah, but she didn't. But she didn't. Um, And... Because of that... Because of that, Clark and Bellamy and Monty basically have to massacre an entire race of people. Right. To save their people. Which they would not have had to do necessarily if, yeah. if Lexa had not backed down on her end of the deal. Yeah. So... And that, so, of, cor- of course, when Clark and Lexa meet back up in season three, what happens? They, they get fall together. in love. <laughs> but, so at the beginning of season two, Clark, like, can't live with herself and has left, like... Two everyone um bellamy particularly who was very pro like this sucks but we're gonna get through it together because we've always done everything and support each other and she's like i can't i'm sorry please take care of everyone for me which is a lot to ask of someone especially bellamy especially bellamy who's been told to take care of his sister his whole fucking life oh here we go uh, I have a lot of feelings about that. There come the hashtag feelings. <laughs> hashtag feelings. So basically, I think the idea is that the writers wanted Clark and Bellamy on opposing sides for part of season three. And they wanted to play out the Clark-Lexa storyline because it had gotten a lot of really good press and also gained a lot of viewers in the queer fandom, which is great. Um, it's not a bad thing. But it's not a bad thing. The way they chose to... The way they chose to play it out just didn't... It, I don't think it was a very It's fair thing. to say they failed on every possible level. Yeah. So, my major problems with season three are that Lexa becomes the protagonist of Clark's story, and Clark is made a love interest, basically, which, like... It's still a woman, it's a queer woman as the as the lead, but that's not what the hundred is. The hundred is about Clark and right. she's the protagonist. But instead we end up totally full frontal into grounder politics and, and all this stuff and, and Clark kind of gets shoved aside to, you know, basically be Lex's like courtesan. <laughs> I I don't know. And they go they go much too far in Game of Thrones. They go they go too Game of Thronesy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because um, they delve into sort of the power struggle within the grounder world, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, but, like, that's not the show. Yeah. There's a whole episode called, it's called Watch the Thrones, mm-hmm. which is a, a a pretty weak Kanye Jay-Z reference. We do get introduction to Roan, though, in that particular yeah. storyline. Roan, in my opinion, is so much a part of that whole weird diversion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, di- I didn't need to... S- I don't know. I just... There's a whole episode that's all about, like, their, like, who's going to be the next grounder leader, and you just feel like it's a whole different show you're watching. Yeah, and that that is really my problem with at least Clark's storyline in the first half of season three. It, it feels like a different show, and it feels like she's shoved aside for this other show. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's basically like, I'm going to be the main character's hot blonde love interest. And then some shit happens, and everyone gets really mad. <laughs> we, we can we, we're going full spoiler. We can say what happens. So so basically, Alicia Denham Carey, who plays Lexa, is a uh, uh, regular on Fear the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead spinoff. The spinoff of a show I trashed about ten minutes ago. Yeah, which films in L.A. and not Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her, her time on the show was always like she got cast in that. I think shortly after. She had been, like, contracted to do a a guest role, a recurring guest role in season two. 
Um, and then that show got renewed. So her time on, on The 100 was limited. As is true of all of us. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I think everyone kind of knew that she was going to have to leave the show somehow. And... It's the one of the hundred, so it was gonna be death. <laughs> they can't. She can't just like I go off to college. I can't really imagine a show uh, another way in the show for her to not come back. Um, also, we're at a point in in television's creative history where you can't, if you write a character off in a way that is clearly just meant to accommodate them leaving the show. Mm-hmm. And it's not final in any way. People will notice, and it'll feel really, really weird. Yeah. Like we're miles away from. Uh, <laughs> Um, Richie Cunningham's brother in Happy Days walking out of the house and never coming back. <laughs> so yeah, so she was she was gonna have to die. The way that they chose to kill her was very bad and very problematic and sent a lot of people up in arms. Like, I mean, I was upset about it. It was not good. Um, I think it was not handled well. This is another thing that um, I'm not qualified to speak on, but <laughs> essentially Clark and Lexa have sex for the first time. Yeah. And then... Lexa dies pretty much right after that. Yeah. It's not good. Which is problematic for reasons I, again, I'm not really qualified to explain, but it has to do with tropes about... About killing gay people. Yeah, yes. And punishing gay sex. Yes, yes, the fact, the timing was just... I mean, there was the people, there was a group of people who were always going to be upset when she died. Yeah. I'm not saying they're wrong, but they were going to be upset no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, The way they juxtapose her, like, brief moment of happiness... As a as a as a woman with another woman, mm-hmm. uh, with her death moments later, it's just really like, exacerbated things. Yeah. And so, in summary, what they did was they found a prominent gay character and wanted to give her more of a role. Yeah. And they did it by first uh, alienating the Clark fans mm-hmm. by basically pushing that character to the sidelines, and then alienating the fans of the of Lexa herself by killing her in a very upsetting way. Mm-hmm. So it it went about as bad as it could have gone. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and that took like eight episodes, so yeah. we were in that shit for two months. Um, yeah, it, it really wasn't good, and it was it was very problematic, and 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 I, I don't, I always I always knew that the Lexa Clark relationship was going to be a was not an end game relationship. Like personally, I I never thought it was. I always was for it, like because I'm so for Clark with other girls, but like. I also thought she had, like, more chemistry with the girl she sleeps with at the beginning of season three oh, yeah. than, <laughs> than Lexa. Absolutely. But. Also, she has no reason to, you know, to not trust that girl because that girl didn't sell her out. Right? That was the other thing is, like, she just, she kind of trusts Lexa really quickly for me. Like, Clark, when we meet Clark in season one, she's been holding a year-long grudge against her best friend. Like... For some shit he didn't even actually do. For, for, for some shit he didn't even actually do. And then she forgives Lexa, like two episodes in and, and we're supposed to buy into it being not just because they had a flirtation and like clearly an attraction in season yeah. two but in season three it's like a love story yeah and we're supposed to buy into that so like a few months after yeah and uh, and it was hard for me but no. you know it was very important to some people and i don't want to i don't want to minim- minimize that no I'm, no I'm just i'm just trying to point out the ways they yeah and it just it, it just i thought it was done very sloppily and the thing is it could have been done so well yeah. It could have been the same story could have been told without making having all the issues that they had. So that's the Clark problem. Um the other problem I have is the Bellamy problem cuz as I've said they are my two protagonists of the show. Um 
we spend most of season one, like the back half of season one and most of season two, redeeming Bellamy's character for how much of a dick he was, like the first seven episodes <laughs> of the show. Um, and I, I mentioned that it felt kind of forced, I think. Yeah. Right? But it, it is believable. They do make it work. Yeah. Because, and in season they, two, they especially, I feel like you, you start to cheer for him Yeah, because they, they put in a lot of work to like show him developing a conscience <laughs> and moving towards a more... Mm-hmm. moral stance. And because they needed <sighs> Bellamy and Clark to be at odds for a little of this uh, this uh, storyline. So I, I don't know why they thought they needed that. I don't know why they thought they needed that either. But they clearly did because... Because they basically reverse every good character trait like that you think about him in like the course of like half a scene in like the third episode of season yeah. three. Bellamy um, ha- loses someone dear to him. Mm-hmm. And then is basically... Who was, who was great? I liked her. <laughs> I feel pretty bad for her. Yeah. And, but he is then convinced to basically abandon his entire development and, and just go full season one Bellamy all over again <laughs> and slaughter a bunch of innocent grounders. Yeah. Um, and, and it's... And, and, it's we, we, they, and then they spend the next, like, five episodes backtracking that. Yeah. And so clear they just sort of wanted him to do this thing and then could not conceive of a way to get there or to move away from it. But, like, the thing was, you just needed, like, a few more, like, pieces of text, like, and I've, and Bob Morley, who plays Bellamy, like, I've heard him his, speak about it, and he, like, he very much rationalizes the switch and, like, is talks about how Bellamy's thinking and, like, why he decides to do that, and he gets it, but, like, there's only so much he can do with the the amount of text that he's given. I'm glad that Bob Morley gets what's going on with Bellamy, but <laughs> I need to know too. I need to know too. Yeah, um, it just could have been done so much better, and that's um, yeah. So he switches and and he spends you know the middle part of the season at odds with Clark, at odds with his sister, um, which I which like I think needed to happen. Like they needed to make spoilers Lincoln's death. Bellamy's fault in Octavia's eyes to, I guess, build the story of their, like, animosity and and, and um, Octavia's story in upcoming season four, I think, is, is a lot about... Because I think Octavia and Bellamy's relationship is very interesting in, in one of the major, like, relationships of the show and how weird it is. And <laughs> um, because they're... They're from a world where no one has siblings, but yeah. they are siblings. There's a lot going on there, and I feel like her turn against him is a lot... I mean, it's based in that very poorly conceived uh, turn Bellamy takes, but I feel like her response to that is more believable. It's believable, but it's also, like... It, it's very believable, but it's also, like... It makes me, like, not... I don't feel for her as much as I want to. Like, I felt for her when Lincoln died, like, when she was crying and it was very... But it's, like, when she gets very angry at Bellamy, who is locked up in a cave when... By by Octavia when Lincoln dies, like, I kind of was just like, oh, girl. And she, like, beats him to a pulp. Like, Lincoln, who also died because he had another show to go do. Basically. well, And, and, he, and, for, and for some he, other reasons we maybe won't get into. And some... Behind the scenes, behind the scenes that, issues. Uh, I don't know if we want to. I don't know how I feel. I don't want to talk about Jason. I, I don't know if I want to commit slander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not yet. There's, there's. Uh, well, that's what I'll, that's a, that's what we'll do for our actual hundredth episode. Yeah. Slander. <laughs> slander. Yes. All an all slander episode. Yeah. 
but yeah, I think, you know, it was it was just they they wanted these characters to be at odds and they wanted, you know, Clark and Bellamy to be at odds and they wanted Octavia and Bellamy to be at odds. And I think that was more the Octavia Bellamy being at odds was more um was more what they needed than Clark and Bellamy because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that Clark and Bellamy really needed to be at odds in season 3. It was nice to have the moments where they made up because they do. Yeah. In the back half of season 3, but I think it was more about the Octavia storyline. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because by the end, Clark and Bellamy aren't even they're, the they're cool again. again. Yeah, because the, ha- the back half of season three is great because they're all working together. Yeah, because everyone teams up to take on the yeah. looming threat of Allie, the the AI that's possessing everybody. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it's, it's an odd plot point because yeah. it's it's kind of that that also feels so different from the way the show was in season two that it because Allie is not a um. The threat, the threat in season two and season one feels so physical and real. Yes. And the threat yes. in in season three feels so abstract and metaphysical. Yeah, it's not because it's not abstract because you see what happens. But yeah, they season one, season two, the the threat is people who are also trying to just live and survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas Allie is a you know a not real person. She's an AI who's programmed to basically take over the world. And there's some like lip service the idea that she's removing pain from people's lives which is kind of it, which is pretty resonant when it happens to Raven because she has yeah. the most pain of any other character yeah I will I will see, say that I think season three for the rest of the cast for for Raven and Jasper and Monty and 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 Octavia even as well as like Marcus and Abby like is is better character wise I think that more happens for them Monty especially gets a, a lot of good story arcs and tragic depressing story arcs and mm. I just want to hug him <laughs> poor, poor Monty um, poor Monty and like we get Miller's relationship with Brian and, and his issues with you know because there's there's very much two factions within the uh, the arc camp in season two or season three so we get those that sort of and I think like that could have been the main like the whole grounder politics complicated it a lot. Like I feel like that could have just been the main conflict of season three, the two sides yeah, of the arc. Part camp. of the problem is that all the stuff in season in the first half of season three, um when Al, when the alley plot line starts to take prominence, all that stuff basically gets wiped away. Yeah. And it's it's still it's kind of relevant to how it plays out in the end. It, it, it seems like it's going to be more relevant in season four. Mm-hmm. But it, it by the end, it seems like we didn't even need to do any of that. Yeah. But, yeah, and... I don't, I don't want to try to... I feel like we're, we're getting pretty down season three and it's going to... Yeah, and the thing is, like, I really like the end of season three. I think, I think it was really great in them all. It felt very... A lot closer to the end of season one where they're all kind of working together and, and trying to defeat it. Yeah. The back half of season three, I think, has a lot of good moments in it. Yeah. It and just, Raven have... saves the day, so, you know. Yes. I'm all for that. Yeah. Although, I guess we, we did say this this section is, is for people who've, only, who've already seen season three. So. Yeah. So they probably have their own opinions. So, so they know. They know what it's like. <laughs> and I, I did like the one episode in season three that's basically just a long string of horror movie homages. That was really fun. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. And that was, that, was, that was really great, actually. Yeah. And I think that villain who is like, that villain is left over from season two. Yeah. And that is why it worked better. <laughs> Although, oh, who dies in that episode? 
uh, Sinclair. Oh, oh, Raven's father figure. Oh, Sinclair. Yeah. It was I, very sad. <laughs> I forgot it was. Oh, Sinclair is so good. Yeah. Season three is such a blur for me for some reason, but. What like, do you I, What I, do you want out of season four? I want some more from those people who live on that oil rig. Yeah. Because that was another weird diversion season three that, again, doesn't actually go anywhere. Not really. And that's in the good half, too. Yeah. That was odd. That's a good point. Um, what do I want from season four? I want more conflicts like in season two that are grounded in things that feel real mm-hmm. and that are based in the world that we know of the show and mm-hmm. don't pit people against each other for arbitrary reasons. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that season two, all the conflicts feel so, so earned and real. In season three, they, they for the most contrived. part, feel very contrived. Yeah. And and the other bad guy in season three, uh, the new Pike, the new guy who's in the camp, sort of takes over and mm-hmm. just makes a mess of things. Yeah, is not very developed. He seems cool for the first episode, and then he like turns anti ground, and that's his whole thing. Yeah. Whereas everyone else, like other characters, when they make decisions like like that, you understand where they're coming from. It feels more nuanced. Yes. it's. I want more nuance. And I love that actor. He's like a ray of sunshine, and I'm really sad that his character got... He's dead uh, now. <laughs> He's dead now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelsey, for giving me my answers for me. Yeah. What do you want from season four? Um, I want Craig and Bellamy working together for a common goal the whole season. <laughs> and that common goal is kissing each, I other's, mean, each other's faces? If they want to... I don't think we're gonna get any any romantic. Okay, so they're develop- not real. So what? They don't. They're not real. So their wants. Are- the characters feel so inclined. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I I ship that. That is what I ship. That is when I watched the show the first time because of who was on my Tumblr dashboard. I was very surprised they were not a romantic couple. <laughs> There's still time. In the first season, I mean, it's been revealed now that like. It was always intended to be that way, but um, I think they're endgame, so I think they probably won't get together till at least like next season, if they get together at all, because who knows at this point. Um, <laughs> but they're definitely like best friends, and they trust each other more than like anyone else in the show, and I just need them working towards the same goal and, and with each other, and you know... Clark's very good at, like, strategy and planning, and, and Bellamy's very good at action, and I think... Um, they work really well together, and I think the show works really well when they work together, um, even if it's, like, in different places. I just thought of something else that I want from season four, and that is more of my main man, John Murphy. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you're going to get it. The best character in the show. I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to get going to be more Clark Murphy. That's my favorite. Which is my favorite, which is Clark and Murphy hanging out and yelling at each other. Um, meaning the, in the trailer, there was him being, like... I saved your fucking life. Like, <laughs> give me some credit. Uh, I can't believe I went this whole time without talking about Murphy. He's the best. He's just an asshole. Uh, he's he's like the asshole white guy. Yeah, in season As, one. The asshole straight white guy. Of yeah, course you like yeah. him. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. I know. In season one, he's he's, like, he's He's queer until proven straight. It's true. Mm. Exactly. There's a lot of people that ship uh, Bellamy and Murphy. That's kind of rough at this point. What? I don't know if that could work out at this point. They've been through some things. Yeah. Murphy in season one is pretty nasty and like does some. I mean, he. I mean, he cripples Raven. Like. Yeah, but I mean, the the 
he, the thing that sets him on that path is pretty understandably upsetting. Like he gets blamed like and almost killed by his best friend. Yeah. For a murder he did not commit. Yeah. And and then tortured. And yes. <laughs> and then, and then it's, it's also like it's a very clear switch. And when he comes comes back in season two, and yeah. after crippling Raven. Yeah. You can you can instantly feel their their position to be a better guy. I think in when you're in season two, the moment that you get the switch is when. It's like the second or third episode when Murphy and Finn go off together um, to look for Clark. Oh, yeah. And and Finn's like the unhinged. Yeah. And, and Murphy's like, I think they're just families, Finn. Like, <laughs> back off. Yeah, at that point, uh, Murphy's like, at that point, Murphy's basically saying what everyone's thinking. He's that character. Yeah. And they pair him with Jaha, the craziest character. It's so good. In season two and season three. Um and season two and season three, I guess. He's crazier. He's even crazier in season three. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, Murphy in the opening of season three. I totally forgot uh, about that. And so you get the the, the nuttiest nut of nutbags with the most like sarcastic, sar- sarcastic, vitriolic. Yeah. Not taking people shit character. <laughs> and then in season three, he has so many moments that just shatter my my heart because yeah. he's so he's so he's so sad deep he's down. So sad. But he's the funniest character. But he gets he has more sex than everybody else in season three. Yes, that's so true. You know. he, he's not doing so he bad in a lot of ways. Um, but he is, and I and he got promoted to series regular in season three. So yeah. I'm like forward to the continued reign of our Lord and Savior John Murphy. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm forever and ever, Amen. <laughs> and he's definitely not going to die. That's my thing. So who do you think's going to die? In yeah, season I was four? thinking about that. <laughs> Um, money's on probably Miller or Miller's boyfriend. No, Miller just got promoted season regular. Seriously, I think regular. Miller's boyfriend. I'm surprised he didn't die in season three. Honestly. Me too. I think Miller's boyfriend and maybe Harper, which I'm sad about. Oh, can't believe Harper's still alive though. Right? That's like I thought she's. I think she was supposed to die in season one, like originally. Yeah. So Harper. And, yeah, she could probably go. I know. Because I don't know if she got promoted to regular. If she got promoted to regular, then she might stay around for a while. You think maybe Jaha will die for real this time? Maybe. Or is Isaiah just going to, like, white-knuckle this show until the very end, even if his character makes even less sense going forward? He's bald this season, though. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Because representation matters. I think Brian will probably die. Who? What? Miller's boyfriend. Oh. I think Harper might die, which I'm sad about. Because I like her, and, I, and like, her and Monty get together at the end of season three. And that was mostly because Chris Larkin, who plays Monty, was like, I don't want to be another, like, Asian character that, like, never has sex. <laughs> and, like... You know what? Respect. He was like, I want a love interest. And they were like, okay. And they set that up in season two. Like, they have... They are the first two in Mount Weather to get, like... They have a they have a lot of moments in season two. Yeah, I mean, it still feels a little bit forced in season three. It does. But knowing that's the, the reason for it, hey, more power to you, man. Yeah. I, I feel for it, but I, I mean, like, the, the, honestly, the biggest ship in the fandom is Miller and Monty, which, like, I'm for, <laughs> so. Miller and Monty? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> That's um, a good, good rationale for a ship. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's the future, it's the future, baby. We can do whatever we want. Exactly. Yeah, what do, what do I want out of season four? Was that your next question? I I, I'm pretty sure I asked you that like yeah, five minutes ago. Yeah, I think ago. you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was talking about how I want Clark and Bellamy to work together. I want more Raven. 
I want more Jackson. Because I like Jackson and I like the actor who plays Jackson a lot. He's very active on social media and is like a real super fun guy. Um, and is friends with the, most of the cast. Like, I want more of him. I just, I want them all to be working towards a common goal on an outside enemy, which it seems like. I guess at this point, it's established that the Earth is the enemy. Oh, the Earth and is striking a, back. A lot of people are going to die. Um, <laughs> oh. I'm not really sure. A lot of people are sort of theorizing that the end of season four or the, the story of season four is going to be some sort of exodus. And the conundrum at the end is going to be there's not enough space for everyone to go to the safe place, whatever it is. And who will sacrifice themselves and who will not, or who will ask to be sacrificed? My 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 dream ending for season four is that that is the ending, but Bellamy and or Clark decide they don't deserve to go, and then they begin season five stranded somewhere together alone. <laughs> Plenty of time for kissing. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, talking about their many and varied feelings. It's time for kissing between that. So much baggage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone in Clark's ever kissed has died. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. Well, I guess Nyla's still alive, the girl from season one. Yeah, the red-haired girl is still... No, that, 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 was, that was Clark. Clark was the red-haired um, girl, yeah. But the girl she got was is still alive, right? Yeah. She, she almost gets killed, but... She almost gets killed, yeah. Uh, I had it here in my notes that I wanted to talk about fandom, but we've had, I feel like, a pretty productive and positive conversation to this point, so yeah. maybe let's just skip that part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I talked a little bit about it, but... We touched on it. It's like any fandom. There's good things and... There's a lot of infighting. Weird, confusing, bad parts. Yeah. And you're not super involved in it, and I'm not super involved with it, to be honest. But no, and you know more about it than I do. Yeah. And, and 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 I kind of watch it from the. It's gonna any, any discussion of fandom I wear will devolve into me insulting teenage girls, and we don't which want that. I don't want to do. No. Usually, since I ruined your life with this, I would ask you for a recommendation. Oh, uh, watch Breaking Bad. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I tried to do a thing that you recommended to me on this podcast last week, and it didn't pan out. So oh yeah, Fargo because they took both seasons off of streaming. Oh, I'm so that's upset. a pain. It's a really big pain. You know what though? Adam Brody is great in in uh, Breaking Bad though. Adam Brody? Yeah, he's fantastic in it. You're gonna love that <laughs> I was character. Gonna say he's in everything now. Yeah, he's not that good an actor. I don't think he's. He doesn't have a lot of range, guy. but they use him very well in Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, but. Kristen Ritter's in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, she's great. Is that is that your suggestion? Yeah, that's for my me? suggestion. Watch Breaking Bad. Okay, it's very good. So, Jason, did I sufficiently ruin your life with this? Yes, considering that this show is the origin of the phrase "ruin my life" <laughs> for both of us. Yeah. Yes, I would say you 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 done it. You done it. I done did it. And I would say my plan has worked perfectly. <laughs> your plan has worked perfectly. My plan. I told you the reason I started watching this show was that so I had an excuse to talk to you more. Aww. Aww. And yeah, so it's worked out. And now we have a podcast. Now we have a podcast. And, and we now have a growing media empire. <laughs> check check and out our other. And we're rich. <laughs> so rich. So rich. We're not sitting on the floor. <laughs> we're sitting on piles of money. <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck. We didn't diving through money. <laughs> diving that money, swim around all that swimming sweet around. Podcast money. I wish. In full shirts and no pants.
<laughs> that's always a weird thing about cartoon ducks. Yeah, I don't. I no guess they, I guess they want the, the visual of the legs and the and the, the feathers, they but could like still have pants. Yeah, it's weird. And like little holes for their tails. That'd be adorable. <laughs> um, Are you excited about the new Ducktales? Because I am. Is now the time to discuss it? I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> am. Going on. I am. Um, yeah. If anyone has listened to this and is maybe thinking about watching the hundred. Do it. Do it. Don't let our confusing analysis of it dissuade you. It's very, our analysis is very confusing. Come, go check it out. It's a, it's a fun show. It's, it's, it's a really good show. And I, I think if you, if you have the patience to get to season two, it's worth it. If you can embrace some trashiness. Yeah. In the early goings in any way, I think you, you'll, you'll find yourself enjoying it. And I think if you just go into it thinking it's not a show on the CW, like, that's gonna help you. Like, yes. you're not if you're not prejudging it as like a trashy show, like it's. I think it's just as trashy as like a lot of mainstream network shows. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's pulpy. Lots of stuff is pulpy and yeah. and, and action packed and fun. It's good. Yeah. And please don't let the fact that I, I just don't. I just don't want someone to hear this and, and hear me talk about Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and let that be put them off of the hundred. I would just. I would hate myself for that. I think it's better. I think if you like those shows, you'll like this show. Yeah. Why didn't I phrase it that way instead of saying the thing that I did that it made both shows irrelevant? If, if you like the, I mean, I I think it's better, and I think I think part of the appeal is that the other thing about the show is that it's never a season is never more than sixteen episodes, and my thing now with the way we consume media is that we, it's so hard to watch twenty two episodes <laughs> of something. That's way too many episodes. It's way too many. Supergirl, I'm looking at you. The whole Berlantiverse. I want to do it. I want to watch Supergirl, but it's so many episodes. Yeah, no, I'm not watching 22 episodes. Come on. It's so many. No. No. And I think, and I think, I think you know, 12 to 17, anywhere in there, is a very good length. 18 at max. Max. That's maximum length. That seems like a lot. That better be a damn good season. Right? I'm talking 100 season 2 level good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, if you're going to watch the show, you have to be prepared to, like, have your 15, 16 episodes and then wait, like, a year. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's it. Because, <laughs> what, the last season ended in May of last year? Mm-hmm. And the new season just started this past Wednesday. Yeah, this comes out on Friday, so... It's on Friday, so it started on Wednesday. So it's still on the CW app, CW.com. Check it out. Go watch it. And uh, follow us at Ruin My Life Cast on Twitter. Yeah, and all the all the seasons are on Netflix. We all the other seasons are on Netflix. We should have a Facebook by now too. Hopefully, we'll have a Facebook by now. Um, yeah. If you want to come on the show, let us know. Like, yeah. Come on, come on, talk to us. Yeah, we we talked a long time about this. I'm sorry. We got a lot, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, yeah. What are we talking about next episode? I have no idea. Shit. We need to talk to somebody. We'll, we'll figure it out. We always do. On the next episode, I think we're either talking about the BBC Pride and Prejudice miniseries or Great British Bake Off. One oh of the two. <laughs> See either Jennifer or Claire. It's a bleak looking uh, couple of weeks. Maybe not. Maybe neither of those. We're mm. not good at planning, apparently. No. Let's wrap it up. Okay. I'm sorry. We talked for a long time. <laughs> Special thanks to Danny Abowd of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, as our theme song. From their self-titled album. Thank you for catching that part. It's on Bandcamp. It's on Bandcamp. You can go get it right now. Yeah. And thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. She's cool. Thanks, Carly. Thanks, Carly. Um, hope someday we can speak. 
Maybe or, or interact in any way. Or hey, if you don't want to, not. That's fine. <laughs> I got a lot going on. I'm um, not gonna hurt my feelings. You definitely have friends. I have I have so many friends. I don't even have time for any more friends to talk to. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> so we're gonna go now. From all of us here at Ruin My Life Studios, wishing you and yours a happy holidays. <laughs> Good night. It's a fade out. It's a fade out. Fade out. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me The conclave must be starting You see anything? Oh, come on, what? A bunch of grounders fighting to the death to see who gets an AI drilled in their brain? That doesn't sound fun to you?